Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Hello. Tim. Tim. Oh no. Tim. What are you doing? Tim. <laughs> I am of course saying Tim's name five times because that relates to the movie we're going to talk about today. This is a horror movie podcast so we get together we talk about horror movies and because there's a new uh, verse, a new entry in this, this series coming out in the mm-hmm. summer, although It'll probably get delayed or go to VOD. We'll see what happens. But uh, Candyman, there's a new Candyman movie coming out, uh, produced by Jordan Peele. Not directed, but produced by Jordan Peele. And uh, the trailer for that's out. It's kind of an interesting trailer, but uh, you can go check that out. But we have never done the Candyman movies, so naturally we have to go and uh, you know work through them. So this is going to be our discussion of the first Candyman, a movie that I saw once, like 20 years ago, <laughs> and barely remembered. So this was almost like watching it for the first time again for me uh whereas i feel like tim's probably watched it more recently than i have yeah uh well i mean i think a year or two ago i I was in like the same boat as you where i had um like yeah like i definitely like seen it as a kid uh but um yeah i I hadn't remembered anything but then you know it's one that i i feel like you know a lot of people like oh yeah no Candyman rules so i think maybe a year or two ago i uh, bought the Blu-ray, and then um, I, I feel like I've actually seen it like quite a bit since then. Because I think, you know, like I watched it once for like an October viewing, and then I think I watched it again because I had a friend that hadn't seen it and wanted to watch it. And then I think I watched it again with my wife, and then again for this show. So, uh, so it like uh, weirdly enough, I, I feel like it is something that I actually have seen quite a bit <laughs> in the last couple of years. So you've watched it four times then in the last two years. That's that's probably, like, probably about that. Probably, maybe, maybe more like three, but probably somewhere around like three or four. That's that's a relatively high amount for uh, <laughs> such a short span of time. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't even remember if I liked it or not. To be honest, like, because my memories sure. of it were so vague, I had no idea if I if I liked it, disliked it. It was it was kind of this vague thing. I remember just watching it on TV uh, when it was on, but I was like you know 10, 11, whatever age I was yeah. at the time. Uh, probably a lot of what the movie was doing was <laughs> lost on me. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, because I I think um as a kid uh like when you hear Candyman you think like oh this is like the next like kind of slasher guy like you know Freddy Jason Candyman it's gonna be like that kind of movie and it really mm. isn't. No, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think when you go into it, especially that age, you're expecting some sort of yeah, yeah like I don't know, not an ice cream man because obviously that's Clint Howard's uh. <laughs> corner of the woods but like some right. sort of like i don't know what candy man is but like so it's only goes with candy yeah. <laughs> but he kills children or something like yeah you're expecting something like that and it's it's not that at all it's uh it's a it's you know it's, it's basically i mean i i remember when get out came out there was a lot of like news articles saying yeah get out you know this big new social political horror movie but before that there was candy man and candy man was kind of the first example of this and I was like, oh, okay. I don't remember Candyman that much, but like, yeah. so it was interesting going back and watching it now with that kind of perspective in mind. And it is totally like when you watch this like very quickly in the movie, like the racial themes that it's is you know playing with are, are mentioned and brought up extremely quickly. Yeah. Uh, right, right down to the fact that like you know just the characters that the main characters interacting with right from the get go, where this myth of Candyman comes from. Uh, where it's located, everything about it is so steeped in the the themes of the film. So, what I think is really interesting with this and versus what 
you know, it looks like the new, what's going to be with the new movie is, yeah, there's so many themes of like, yeah, race and class and stuff. But the main character in this is like, you know, an upper class white woman, like mm-hmm. versus where, you know, the the you know, new movie looks like the main character is going to be like a, a black man. And um, but uh, yeah, I think it's interesting that, um, yeah, you have like so many of these kind of topics, but still your main character is yeah, you know, like not really like what it's about. <laughs> I mean, to to give uh, the movie some credit here, I think that's kind of the point because the character, oh, totally. yeah, yeah. you know, the character is kind of about. Cause, uh, last night when I watched this, I was kind of looking up, see, oh, what are people saying about it? Uh, and there was so many articles about this, you know, comparing it to Get Out and like talking about it and how it's kind of the flip of Get Out, where instead of a black person going to like a white community and they should be scared but aren't this is a, a, a this upper class or middle class white woman who thinks she's safe and goes into this this area of the city and doesn't believe in the the, the evil that she's warned about or the candy man and it, you know yeah. it kind of comes to bite her uh, so it's obviously it's not a direct parallel but there's definitely some kind of you know mirror imaging going on there um yeah. so I, obviously I think it has we get to, to do s- with that we get spoilers, we'll talk about uh, kind of what it's doing, but yeah. Okay. Uh, Spoiler-free to begin with. Uh, what was your point, Tim? Uh, well, no, I was going to kind of say, like, it kind of has that, like, um, whole, like, you know, like, uh, feels like a commenting on, like, that, like, kind of white savior complex where you have, you know, the, the you know, smart, noble white woman who's, like, going into these, um, you know, like, lower class neighborhood and, you know, trying to, to understand them and, and help them out and stuff where, yeah, you know, it, when it's like, she really doesn't understand at all. Yeah. She's always kind of on that brink of be, trying to be a white savior, like without even kind of like realizing she's, I mean, she's doing her thesis, but she's, there's this kind of an arrogance of like, oh, I can go in there as an expert and like figure this yeah. out. And I, I, I can, you know, look at this and do it. And it's, it kind of compares to this other guy who already done it before. There's like a really, they're at like a fancy restaurant at some point. Because she's dating, or she's married to, sorry, uh, one of the professors, uh, played by Xander Berkeley, of course, who's been like hundreds of things. Uh, you've seen him in stuff, no doubt. He was in Twenty Four. He was John Connor's foster dad in Terminator Two, which was like right before this. Uh, but he he's been in TV shows and movies. Like uh, he's one of those faces that pops up all the time. Sure. Uh, so you see him, obviously Tony Todd plays Candyman. Uh, this is kind yeah. of his famous role that made him kind of a household horror name and that's why he's been yeah. trotted out for things like uh, Hatchet and whatever else he's Wishmaster. been. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a Wishmaster, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and Final Destination. Yeah, I feel like Final Destination, even though he's got a really small part in that, I feel like that's his other sort of known one Yeah, yeah that people talk about. So, uh, yeah, so the no, I mean, he's definitely great. Yeah, like this is, uh, yeah, there's, there's a reason why, you know, it kind of keeps, you know, popping up in these other horror movies because, you know, I, I feel like this is obviously, you know, a a really, even though, again, like, it, you know, it feels like he's not the star of the movie. Like, he's not like a Freddy or Jason, at least in this first movie, where, uh, you know, like his screen time isn't like a ton. Um, but still, I think it is like a very memorable performance and yeah, oh, yeah. definitely like a reason why other people want to put him in horror stuff. He has presence. He's got that voice, very distinct yeah. voice. Uh, oh, cat. <laughs> what are you doing to me, cat? Uh, he's got that voice and 
you know i feel like there's a like because that's the thing the, the movie like i feel like at the end of the movie the story's over right and this this, sure. this movie's not really built for sequels but you know of course <laughs> the, the studio was like oh we need to have sequels we, we need sequels right now so uh and we'll get to those which and i think i saw the second one once but i don't remember it <laughs> yeah I never saw the third one though so <sighs> we'll find out we'll find out how yeah. they hold up yeah i mean again i i watched all these i, I think last year uh so yeah <laughs> we'll get to them <laughs> yes yeah, so so the the i'm assuming pain is fresh in tim's mind but i mean we'll see <laughs> it's it's definitely uh it's probably like what you would think um like the second one i feel like still at least has a little bit more class to it like it's not great but who boy the third one yikes <laughs> that's a that's a tough one <laughs> mm. so yeah i mean the premise of the movie is that uh, helen played by virginia madsen who I recognized them and who did I know her from? And I'm sure there was a time when she was like a darling and she was in a lot of things, uh, but obviously kind of bef- you know before my time, or certainly not the movies that I saw from this era. So uh, I actually recognized her from something much later. She's in the the Swamp Thing TV show, that dreadful Swamp Thing show uh, <laughs> from last year. Yeah, she was in that. Uh, so okay. still working, you know, good for her. <laughs> still, still trucking along, but she's uh, good. She was in that. But she is doing this this thesis uh, with a friend on uh, urban legends and myths, and she, uh, she, she she finds out about the Candyman, and she wants to look into it. So her and her friend like go out to this this this, Which, this you know. And, and what like Candyman is essentially basically like Bloody Mary. If you ever done that, where like mm. you know you look in a mirror and say his name five times, and then supposedly he comes and kills you. Yeah, that's the Which, legend. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you were a kid and ever did like Bloody Mary, but it's like the same thing. I don't think so. I, I think I saw it in like maybe a TV show or a movie as a kid. I don't think I was anything that ever was like around I, here or something kids actually did. Yeah, it was definitely uh, is the the Charlie challenge of its day, if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> but no, it, it's funny though because I I do remember having friends and they'll be like, All right, I'm going to go in the bathroom, close the door, turn off the light, and I'll do Bloody Mary and stuff. And actually, I think they also do Bloody Mary and paranormal activity three i think oh that sounds right Um, yeah i I can remember that scene but uh i remember as a kid like i i was like so scared of it that like uh i wouldn't even like look in mirrors like in the bathroom mirror like i would just like look down when i wash my hands because i was always afraid that if when i looked at it like i would say bloody mary in my head like uncontrollably and then like yeah she'd come and kill me so yeah We've learned something here today, folks. We've learned something here. Uh, so, the, like the start of like my mild OCD. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean that, that's and so she goes to investigate. Uh, sort of, you know, barges her way into this this housing which, estate. This this you know this, these projects. Uh, which uninvited. is the the Caprizi, uh, build, building or something like that. Caprizi Green, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah. Caprini, which, I think it's Caprini Green. Caprini Green, yeah. sorry, uh, which is uh, supposedly was like a real <clears throat> thing uh, at the time. I, I think there was a big news story about it. I, I heard another podcast was talking. Um, I, I think if you're in Chicago, it, you know, it's something everyone knows about. Um, but there was something like, yeah, it was very cheap housing that was built. And I think one of the big things was, you know, like, like they show in the movie that there was um, like the walls just didn't uh, – have a lot of like barriers between them so i think people w- could just sneak in to other people's apartments like through the the mirror or whatever 
Yeah, that's kind of insane. I didn't realize that was basically yeah. the whole thing. Uh, yeah, like I, uh, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, obviously, like, <laughs> I didn't do a, a ton of research, but I believe there was like a big news story about that or around this time. Just yeah. like, again, why it's kind of so, it's probably lost on a lot of people now, but it's like more relevant at the time. Yeah. Um, <coughs> pardon me. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of the movie. And then from there, of course, she, she does tempt fate by saying the, you know, Candyman in the mirror. And then ultimately, like, Candyman. I'll just say upends her life. I think this is kind of the weird thing about this movie is that what Candyman actually does to her escalates really quickly out of nowhere. Like I, I, I watching this thing now, like I was kind of expecting from you know vague memories that oh there'll be a slow build of him kind of tormenting her and then it'll get to this point. But literally the second that he actually properly appears, uh, he mm-hmm. immediately throws her into this situation that completely changes the direction of the movie. Uh, and mm-hmm. from there, it goes on this this really kind of extreme path. But it kind of works given what the story is and what his past is yeah. and like what it's doing between them. So, uh, really good stuff. Uh, the kind of the structure of it kind of reminds me of uh, Hellraiser a little bit, which uh, makes sense because I believe it's based on like a short story by Clive Barker. It is, yeah. Uh, although which... I believe the original story, The Forbidden, was based in like Liverpool. It wasn't like a Chicago yeah. thing. So the director it, I... and the screenwriter definitely, or if it's the same person actually, it was written and directed by Bernard Rose. Uh, they, like, you know, the, the setting, what it's talking about, I'm sure all kind of came from them. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I'm, re- I'm really interested uh, to, I, I would like to actually read that original short story just because like, this feels so American, mm-hmm. like that. I am curious, uh, yeah, what the actual short story is like. I have to imagine it's Hellraiser, got... but like Hellraiser, you could easily put in any country. It like wouldn't really, sure, yeah. you know, change the difference. Uh, but yeah, this like feels so steeped uh, in like American stuff. I have to imagine it's uh, the idea of the the Bloody Mary sort of myth mm-hmm. is probably what's in the story. Uh, that makes sense yeah. but, but it's interesting how much subtext is added to the movie that clearly wasn't in that original story because yeah. uh, you know because uh, i i, I mean I, I don't know i mean i'm, I'm just going to crack a guess but i would presume the characters like the race of the characters in the original story wasn't you know like white yeah. characters into black neighborhood and stuff like that i'm sure that wasn't right in that and story, like but... yeah and like oh there's a, the whole big like backstory for Candyman is that you know he was like a slave <laughs> you know during like the civil war times so well he was the son of a slave Son of a slave, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, like, you know, that's, like, a, a really big thing that obviously, like, wouldn't, I imagine, wouldn't be in the English story. Uh, not not unless, like, like the, the slave moved. Like, you know, he sure. you know, emigrated, yeah. and then the son of the slave was in, in Liverpool. Like, I mean, maybe yeah. in that. I mean, so it's, it's, it's possible, but it's, yeah, far, far less likely and far less steeped in the, the, the history and culture. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, I, yeah, the movie, interesting direction in the movie. There's definitely a lot of direction here that feels of its time, feels like the early 90s, late 80s with the, the way it's shot. It feels kind of like there's some Nightmare on Elm Street-esque influence in some of the, the style. But at the same time, one of the things that's the most distinctive about this is all the bird's eye shots of the city. There's a lot oh, yeah. of... Uh, and I, I, I read this uh, described, and I really like this, that the whole point... Because everything in this movie is so subjective in the, in the sense that it's the perspective of the white person going into this black neighborhood and dealing with this black myth. And then the idea of the, the history of Candyman is like the perspective of him being, you know, essentially lynched by, by the, the, this white mob. And 
like this idea of perspective and like w- what they ignore because uh, there's a great thing with the buildings that i love uh that's brought up early on but the idea that the uh all those bird's eye shots of the city like following the cars and stuff the fact the reason why they're, they're so like dead on is the idea that this is a completely objective viewpoint it's just this bird's eye looking down where everything just looks like a city uh, yeah. and I kind of I like that that idea of it like the, the, there was no yeah. perspective to it you know I mean a, a, a bird's perspective I guess but you <laughs> yeah. know the, the, this idea that you're you're looking down and it's you're not really you're seeing everything kind of as equals from that that vantage nothing looks cool. you know one or the other yeah. so uh, I thought that was interesting um, so I, I think we'll give the uh, spoiler warning so we can talk about what's in about, I haven't really said if we like the movie or not I suppose I suppose we'll do that before we get spoilers <laughs> uh, how do you feel about Candyman <laughs> Well, I mean, it's probably kind of obvious. I mean, the way I've been talking about it, but I absolutely love this movie. I, I, I mean, again, like we said before, I remember seeing it as a kid, but then when I watched it again, um, you know, like a couple of years ago, I was like, oh no, this is like really good. It's, uh, you know, it feels very original and unique. Like, you know, I can't really think of many other stuff that's like it. Uh, I love the like myth and folklore kind of angle to it. I love that it, you know, it feels like, you know, very smart. Like, again, there's like a lot of stuff you can look into this movie again with like, you know, um, like we talked about before. Not every movie has to be, you know, like about something. But, you know, uh, sometimes when you do have like that little bit of extra like, um, you know, commentary to it, it, it can really like add to the movie. Uh, you know, so there's that angle. And then, um, yeah, like you were just saying, like, I think, uh, you know, it's directed well, like it looks good, like the you know, gore stuff, uh, is really cool. Like when there are these, you know, like scary or traumatic, uh, scenes, I, I think it, they are, you know, very, you know, intense. And then, uh, also I love the, uh, the score to this, the music is fantastic. Like, I think it's, has a really good soundtrack to it. Yeah. It's kind of like this, like soft piano. Like I, yeah, like whenever I watch it, that's like always one of the things that kind of like hits me. Like I, you know, I love like when you have like a memorable score, and like I feel like obviously, like you know, all these, you know, big franchises, we can kind of think of the, you know, the the music from it. But uh, yeah, I, I really like it. So yeah, I, I'm a, a big, quite a big uh, Candyman fan, I will say. It's a hard movie to market, I think, because I'm looking at the poster right now, and it says at the top, "We dare you to say his name five times," and I yeah. feel like. <laughs> They're, they're really selling that part of it and I, I, you know watching the movie the, the whole saying his name five times isn't actually like it's not a big part of the movie it's not like no. something that keeps coming back up it is it's more uh it, it's tying it into the idea of myths and stuff becoming legend but it's not like you know if, if, like, i feel like if, when i see that poster if i was to, to guess what the movie was going to be it's, no, it's going to be this thing where dumb teenagers convince each other to say it and like it comes after them you know i almost expect like a truth or dare style movie yeah. <laughs> just with like a bloody mary kind of spin on it uh no i like the movie I, I think the movie like it definitely plays way better now for me as an adult than it probably did when i was like 11 uh for sure i i, I think I think the movie does rely on what it's about, and that's like a weird thing to say. But what I mean is, is I think if you took away the subtext, if you took away what it was actually exploring, it, it oh, wouldn't. Sure. I don't think it would be that effective, just as a as a straight like sort of fun horror movie on its own. I think, yeah, you, you, I think you need the perspective of what it's actually talking about. But of course, that's there. So, yeah, uh, as that is, it's really solid. And uh, yeah, I, I actually I like the direction. I think that's the thing that surprised me the most yeah. is that there was a lot of really nice touches in the direction. There's a, there's a moment where when she hears the sort of backstory in the restaurant, it does that thing where she's got like a, a beam of light sort of going across her eyes, 
but the rest of her face is kind of in shadow and the camera's kind of tracking in and it's a little bit over the top but it just it kind of works because it like the lighting shouldn't be like that in here it shouldn't like this this restaurant is far too well lit for this this particular lighting but they've done it anyway because they want this moment of her really being drawn into the the story and the myth uh yeah and and i think you bring up a good point where you're saying like um yeah, without the kind of, you know, relevancy uh, of, of some of the points that it's making, uh, that there wouldn't be much to it. And I do think that's the problem <laughs> with the sequels because, mm-hmm. you know, I, you see a, you know, a, a dip in quality. And uh, I, again, I think it is something, you know, similar, again, to the Hellraiser franchise uh, where, you know, you start getting these sequels and they just want to make it like, you know, the Pinhead series like this. You know, I think they just want the want it to be, you know, the slasher series where you see Candyman come like start killing people. And uh, yeah, uh, but I think that's what um, makes it exciting for the uh, this new movie coming out this year uh, is again, like, uh, I mean, other than the trailer just being really well done. Um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, because like the people involved in stuff, hopefully we're going to get something that again will you know, feel like more important and have relevance, you know, versus just like, uh, hey, people know this name, let's bring him back and have him, you know, kill a bunch of people. Uh, yeah, hopefully, so. hopefully the new movie's got something to say, is what I hope. Yeah. I hope it's got something to say. It probably does, just given the names involved. So, we'll, we'll see. But I, uh, I think, yeah, the, the problem with turning Candyman into just a slasher movie is, is two things. One, that's not what the first movie is. And secondly... Because of the type of character he is, it's actually more frustrating as a slasher because he's kind of like, you know, because kind of the problem with Freddy Krueger sometimes in a way is that there's like no rules once you get past a certain point. And once you get into sure. the, the weaker sequels, they just like anything can happen. And Candyman's kind of the same thing where he can kind of just show up out of nowhere and kill you because he's supernatural. Like there's no, yeah, there's no chase to it. There's no like kind of like, you know, or like grounded rules for characters to follow to try and get away or anything like that he's just no he can pop out and kill you whenever he wants so there's no suspense to it in that sense because because that's not what makes this movie work the what candy man popping out and like like when he pops out is not the that's not to say he's got a couple of good entrances because he does but yeah that's not what the, the the point of this movie is the point of this movie is how he's tormenting this one character and what that means to the the themes of the film it's, it's not about like oh what's the belt kill count going to be or how many you know, bodies can you rack up and yeah. so on. But anyway, uh, so let's give the spoiler warning for Candyman. Uh, I will take this time to thank our patron producers uh, for the month. So thank you to David Shaw, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, and Tyler Hess. Thank you to you guys uh, for being patron producers. Uh, that means they are patron pr- patrons at the $20 or above tier. You don't have to be that high, though. You can go and support us over at patreon.com slash TV for as little as $1 per month. And for that $1, you'll get an exclusive bonus episode every single month. There's a back catalogue now of about 15 episodes that you'll get access to uh, for that dollar, plus one new one every month. $5 tier, you get access to the episodes, the review episodes, one day early, and you also get to vote on an episode once per month as well. So uh, if you want to keep all the content coming and supporters, you can go over and have a look and see if you're interested. Uh, but that is uh that is that so yeah full spoilers for Candyman. uh so w- one of my favorite things early on in the movie uh is ted raimi no oh that has surprised me i was not expecting ted raimi in that and <laughs> that weird flashback and she, she's getting told the myth the story from the the, the student about the myth of candy man uh that was funny but i no the, one of my favorite things early on is uh when she goes digging because she she because 
obviously she she's kind of she hears this from some students she's she's sort of researching it uh one of the uh, the cleaners in the university kind of notices what she's talking about uh and says oh candy man she starts talking to her and then her friend who also works there one of the other cleaners comes in and sort of tells her about you know where she lives and the stories of this person being murdered because there was a murder recently of someone being murdered through the wall and one of my favorite things early on is that she finds out that her building that she lives in her apartment that she lives in with her husband was actually built uh, as one of the same buildings as the as these projects where it was the same building it was meant for the same people but then for whatever reason they realized that this one was in a different location or it was a different side of the highway and they decided to try and do it up as a as condos as um fancier housing for people so they just plastered over the walls but underneath it's actually the same layout and the same problem with the the mirror where if you take off the mirror in the bathroom you can actually poke at the mirror on the other side for the other house the other apartment <laughs> and i kind of like that idea of like she didn't realize like it's just that kind of idea where the the projects and the the lower class were kind of there the whole time and she never really noticed and that she was part of the same world you know there's kind of oh, like yeah. a bit of subtext there that i really like uh so yeah. that's 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 really nice uh but of course this 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 makes her want to go and investigate and uh even though she, you know her friends like what are you crazy <laughs> like that's like there's gangs <laughs> in this neighborhood we can't go in yeah. there uh but they go in anyway and they they, they go digging and try and take photos of things uh, she says the name in front of the mirror five times, of course. Uh, and the first half of the movie is kind of interesting because she keeps going back to investigate and she wants to find more stuff. Mm. But it kind of... Like, the supernatural stuff happens in the second half and the first half is her going to... Like, she, she they end up meeting this neighbour who, who who lives in the building, right? The projects. Where this neighbour's got a baby and she's a bit scared of them at first but she kind of opens up and talks about the, the murder uh, and talks about Candyman. And she also meets this kid who also believes in Candyman. And she she's you know she's looking for it she hears the story from the the, the other professor who's kind of pompous and that's one of the other interesting things here is that she's also kind of gets like sort of uh like because the because the movie doesn't just deal in race it also deals in sexism because uh mm-hmm. she, her character <clears throat> is kind of looked down upon for trying to do this 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 study by this other pompous uh you know professor who's oh i wrote about Candyman 10 years ago oh yeah. i can't wait to see what you've got to say about Candyman. he's such a dick oh yes he's the worst but he he explains to her the backstory about how Candyman was the son of a slave uh he was an artist and well educated he was hired to paint a, a you know some daughter of some some rich guy and they fall in, he falls in love with the, the, the girl uh she gets pregnant and dad's so furious that he's he pays off a mob to kill him in really grisly fashion where they cut off his hand which is why he's got a hook for the hand and they cover him in honey so the bees uh of the, the local hive Ooh, not the bees not the be- uh, wicker man remake jokes <laughs> folks that's what we've come to uh so so she learns all this and then eventually she she's attacked by a guy who's like oh you're looking for candy man you found him and it's this guy uh with his with his little posse who who attacks her and she ends up with this big swollen black eye and that's kind of the first half of the movie to me is is this research where she's kind of looking into things and there's not really any creepy stuff there's like a couple of like there's almost there's actually a bullshit jump scare at one point where uh xander berkeley comes home and jumps in the bed and it's treated like a jump scare where she gets really freaked out uh but for the most part, there's not a lot. I mean, it's all just sort of creepy tone stuff. There's not like really anything yeah. happening for that first half in terms of like outright horror. 
Yeah, I, I really like the way uh, kind of like the story of Candyman is like unfolded because, um, yeah, it is like myth and, and folklore and stuff. And I like that you learn about it the way you kind of learn about these things, which is, um, you know, it, it's not just, you know, giving you like these big long flashbacks and there's no scene like obviously it was like you know the 90s but you know there's no dumb scene of her typing on a computer and then finding all these news stories it's like oh sure she's yeah. talking to people and like everyone she talks to you know kind of gets this look on their face and like you know tells her this legend or this yeah, story yeah. And, and she gets a little bit from each person it's not like yeah. one person has all the answers it's like a little bit here a little bit there this person's got a little bit of the story yeah, yeah. and then I, and then i do like that idea of um yeah, like you think she is gonna meet Candyman, and then it's like it's out of nowhere. It's like uh, just this regular guy. And I think like the first time I was rewatching, I was kind of like, "Wait a minute, no, that's not that's like, Toy Todd. Todd." Yeah, <laughs> who's who's this uh, asshole? What's that Toy Toy Todd? I came yeah. for Toy Todd, damn it! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I like the idea that there's this guy that's like using the myth to kind of like you know bolster his own reputation mm. uh, and kind of like you know control the neighborhood. Um, and and again it's like a you know another warning uh to her that's like yeah you shouldn't have come here and all right you you know you asked for it like now you're gonna get it um and it's just yeah really interesting and again like you know it's kind of dealing with stuff that like oh like i haven't really like seen you know this done in, in a movie before like this so so yeah, it's it's all really cool like and like you said like um you know this first half of the movie there isn't really much yeah, you know, like supernatural stuff happening, but it, it is still really like interesting and fascinating. But, like you, you don't mind it really. Oh sure, yeah, I wasn't a complaint when I said when I said that. Oh no, no, I, uh, I know, but yeah, I'm just like yeah, same. And the reason the reason why I say it though is because it's after this point where it takes a sharp turn because she she you know she helps arrest the guy you know does like a line up of the guys and she you know points out the one who to attacked her and everyone sort of like you know because again the sexism's kind of there throughout where. Uh, she's she's kind of upended by her husband who promised he wouldn't do uh, his class on urban legends until she had done her thesis but she does it anyway or he does it anyway sorry um and then the way she's treated by those around her but she, she even points out herself that like you know two people were murdered there was a, a murder of a, a of a kid and a, and a woman in that in that neighborhood and they didn't find whoever did it but you know she got punched you know, she she got beat up once, uh, and she points out, hey, you know, a white woman goes in there and gets beat up. All of a sudden, there's cops everywhere, and you know, they find yeah. a guy within, you know, a, like a day or two or whatever it is. Yeah. So you know, it, it is, you know, it's it's not necessarily being even that subtle about what it's talking about. It does bring them up and to put something in the forefront, but there is kind of the the more subtle uh, ongoings of what's happening, which is after this, where she's like going to write her thesis. Uh, she's got her photographs, and she says, okay, her and her friend, uh, I think Bernadette's her name, uh, they're going to team up and write this thesis. And it's when she's in the car park where all of a sudden we see Candyman. We hear him, and he appears, and he you know, he monologues about how he's whispered and how he's written on the walls, and he's this myth, and that, that's where his power comes from. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, like, such, like, a great, uh, like, reveal. Again, like obviously you know like I, I knew he was going to show up uh you know just you know from knowing like the movie and stuff before but um man it would have been great like yeah the first time seeing this and then yeah kind of getting this uh reveal after you know everything that's happened so far yeah i uh so because what i like about this so so she kind of like goes into a daze and i i actually read that they actually hypnotized virginia madsen on set so she'd have oh, that wow. look in her face uh, <laughs> but the, she has because at this days she's kind of like just sort of like you know 
like whoa like just enraptured with him and yeah. then she wakes up she wakes up in the apartment of the woman who lives next door to where the woman was murdered in the, in the projects right yeah she wakes up and, I- and she's covered in blood and we don't see like a body there's no like kid there but the mother's screaming her eye, or, or you know, and she's crying her eyes out, and she tries to stab her, and she has to fend her off, and the police show up, and she's arrested for the, the potential murder of this kid who they can't find. The baby's missing, and yeah. it like, and th- that's like I remember, you know, I'm watching this last night, and I'm thinking, whoa, this just this just went to eleven, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like two minutes ago, like there was a slow, creepy build, and all of a sudden she's like arrested, and you know, they, they think she's guilty of murder <laughs> and i think what's beautiful about this is that because kind of the point in the movie is that Candyman uh to her because she didn't believe he's kind of doing to her in a sense what happened to him where yeah. all of a sudden her life she is seem seemingly found guilty of something that she should not be guilty of much like he was with him you know there was nothing wrong with what he did he fell in love with yeah. someone she got pregnant but all of a sudden she was he, he was treated as this this evil entity everyone just believed yeah. he was this thing and that's what spread and this mob came after him and this is kind of what he does to her in the movie where she is then seen guilty as this thing and people still kind of believe her. your husband still kind of believes she's not you know doing this but then of course there's a second murder there's the the best friend comes over later and she's in the apartment and Candyman guts her in front of him yeah and again we don't see it it's kind of off camera at this point we don't really see a murder till later but you know the, the husband comes home and we don't see what he's seen yet he, he walks in with this look of like this you know, ghost white face and he's sort of staring at her and she's like what is it what is it and then we see all oh, the police are arrived she gets committed like that this entire like portion of the film is just like it's, <laughs> it's on like an adrenaline rush of like yeah. you know put, putting her in the worst possible place and it was funny actually because we just had a visible man you know the new visible man like you know a couple of weeks ago and I couldn't help but think of that a little bit uh, with her yeah. being committed uh, and blame for what was going on. This almost gaslighting kind of uh, uh, plot that is yeah. going on. And uh, what's uh, going back to yeah that kind of first instance where uh, she wakes up in that woman's apartment and uh, yeah I apologize I forget who that character's name was but I love uh, she's like a fantastic actress like the way she is like crying and screaming and like mm. covered in blood and attacking her like you really feel like like jesus the amount of like uh you know frenetic energy there it's a uh, like re- like like you said it's just like all of a sudden like really ramped up and feels like super tense and like holy shit what's gonna happen yeah that was uh vanessa williams who played that role uh, okay and yeah she's she was great like, you know i just clicked on clicked on her name she's in the new one Oh, nice. Oh, interesting. Playing the same Very character. Oh, I wonder if... Um, I wonder if she's the one... I don't know if you remember, like, in the trailer, there's someone who... Like, someone says Candyman, and then there's someone that, like, says, like, no, like, sh- stop. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, maybe. I wonder um, if that's her. I, I'd, I'd have um, to go back and watch it again and, uh, like, yeah. see if I recognize her. But... Because, obviously, it's been, you know, 30 years. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, but... Um, and then, uh, yeah, like everything, I, I like the way this is done, which, um, you know, again, like a horror movie, you want to see the gore and stuff, but like a lot of this, you kind of, you know, feels like you're blacking out and then just waking up all of a sudden, like, which makes sense know, after, because it's putting you in her shoes where 
where Helen's exactly. not seeing this. Helen doesn't know what's happening. She yeah. just she just wakes up and she's got a knife in her hand and there's blood everywhere and it yeah. looks like she's gutted someone. And she's committed. She's put in there. She sees Candyman. Candyman's still talking to her. Uh, the, the first kill that we really see in the movie is actually the, the therapist, uh, which notoriously was for some reason cut out of the UK DVD for a long time. Uh, and I'm not really sure why. <laughs> it's kind of... Because uh, it, well, it aired on cotton TV like for years, but for some reason... It was one of those things where the, the whoever distributed it in the UK, their, uh, the print they had just happened to be the, 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 the pre-cut R-rated version or something like that. So that was just the one that they put out because that's the one they had access to. Um, mm. I'm, I assume the newer Blu-ray uh, is uncut. Um, I, I, mean, I didn't watch the they, Blu-ray. I, I watched... You know, I, I got VOD, but... I uh, so I got the Blu-ray, which I believe is from Scream Factory, and they have uh, an unrated and a theatrical cut. Uh, mm. So I did watch the unrated version. Um, I don't know what went out. I was one hour thirty-nine minutes. Was that the same length as what you watched? <laughs> uh, probably. <laughs> yeah, I have to go back and double check, but that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was unrated cut, but I mean, I, I could be, uh, I could be wrong, but. Um, yeah, so we see like this thing uh, where he shows up and kills the, the the therapist, and she actually escapes. She makes this great escape. Uh, this this death's pretty good actually. You know the way he kind of comes up from behind the therapist. We just see like sort of like yeah. you know he's sort of coughing up blood, and then we see Candyman kind of appear yeah. up behind him. Uh, it looks really good. But she escapes. She like steals clothes from one of the nurses and gets out of the the place. And I so one of the things that happened early on at the start of the movie, again tying into the the, the sexism here, is uh when she goes to see her husband after he's given this seminar so not only is she pissed at him because he gave this this class when he kind of promised that he wouldn't until after she was done her thesis uh she you know makes a little comment about uh about one of the girls in his class and one of the one of the college students who was kind of like giving him the eyes and was kind of blushing and was like trying not to look at her and he's like, you can't seriously think him. And she's like, no, no, no. And she sort of plays it off as like, okay, like, she's clearly got a crush on you, but I'm not necessarily accusing you of anything. But when yeah. she comes back to her place uh, after she escapes from the the hospital, she finds this this you know this young woman, this this college student, uh, painting in there. And we hear Xander Bertley call her, like you know Pookie or something because he he comes out mm. in his bathroom like, oh, what's what's the matter, <laughs> Boo Boo or whatever he says to her, yeah. <laughs> and. Like obviously they're scared, and this is this is the thing which makes the scene really work is that you know obviously this typical scene woman comes home finds her husband with a younger woman they like, typically this scene you play it for okay he's a scumbag she should be livid yeah. with him and he should he should be like you know mortified that she's she's caught him uh, both of them should be but they're not that's that's not what the scene plays as the scene plays as no my insane wife who yeah. should be in a mental hospital. Uh, has escaped and they're worried that she, she may kill them like they're scared yeah. but not because the she's caught her caught them cheating if you will she's yeah. scared <laughs> they're scared because oh you're a psychopath and you may kill us so that's this idea yeah. uh so, so to go back into the themes of race it's the idea of like okay so the, the way that people are, have been convinced over history of how to who how to fear black people right that's kind of what it's getting at is that Candyman has made people fear her the way that he was feared for just being black. She's, I mean, obviously, she's, she's feared for being a psychopath, but that's kind of what the movie's doing, is that she's had no say in what she is or how she's been portrayed, and she's been set up to look this way so that people will treat her this way and react this way. Um, and, of course... Uh, you know, I thought it seemed good, you know, the way she kind of like offers, yeah. like, like, hey, phone, you can phone the hospital if you want, and she tries to hand the phone to the, the woman, and, and she's like, oh, no, and she's I... so near her. Yeah, the, again, just like some really great acting uh, on this uh, 
you know, the, the like college student or whatever, like she's just so, uh, again, it's like a very subtle performance where, um, you think other movies, like, you know, the reaction is like, she'd be like, Oh my God, like, Oh, what's going on. But yeah, it is, uh, instead of like, yeah, more of like, uh, jumping and screaming, it's more of like a recoiling, like they're kind of, you know, like just slowly like slinking back and against the wall. And it is like a very like, Oh shit. <laughs> like, you know, please don't hurt us. Yeah, there uh, was there was actually that one moment where I said there was like a jump scare early on where like Xander Berkeley mm-hmm. comes into the bed and it's just a, a little fake out. I almost got yeah. a little worried at that point that it was gonna be a lot of bullshit jump scares in the movie, and there isn't. It was actually quite refrained from uh, or restrained from that as as it went on, but yeah. uh, it was just that one moment. Uh, and I, I kind of like that Candyman. You never hear his real name. Uh, he's actually got a real name. Oh, and yeah. IMDb, there's a real name next to it. I assume that comes from the sequels and not the first uh, one. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but you never actually learn his real name in this. And I think that's kind of the point is that, yes, this was a real person who, you know, was innocent of what, everything. But we don't get to meet the real person and see what he was really like. We just get to see the, the myth. We just get to see the, the evil myth that everyone's kind of propagated uh, yeah. throughout, you know, throughout time. Um, so... Yeah. I like that. Oh yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I, you know, forget to mention. Um, I think I heard Tony Todd say before, maybe like on a podcast or something, that um, when they're filming the the flashback scene of him with the bees, mm. um, they did use like live bees, and you know, I, I think they put like uh, uh, like bees in his mouth and stuff, and he. I think he had like a a contract in his like they assured him that the bees won't sting him or whatever, uh, but just to be safe, he he like put a contract in his clause where he'd get like a thousand dollars for like every sting. He got. <laughs> and then like, I think he did end up getting like stung, like, uh, like a decent amount of times where he got like an extra, like, you know, prank, like 20 something, thousand something dollars. That is that's a smart move. That's a smart move. Cause well, we see him. Yeah. We see him with bees all over him uh, multiple times. We see uh, later on, he kisses Helen with his mouth full yeah. of bees. So that, I can't imagine that was pleasant for either of them. Uh, of course, these days that would the bees would all be CG. They wouldn't yeah. actually put bees in his mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you can't deny this looks better because it's real. Uh, so Definitely. poor Tony Todd suffered for us for our, our you know horror entertainment. So yeah. blessed Tony Todd, you beautiful bastard. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so after this, she uh, she goes back to she's kind of almost like hypnotized again, back in to go into the projects again, and she goes to the 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 you know, the empty house that was through the the window where the killer supposedly came from where she was investigating earlier. This was Candyman's kind of place where the painting was on the wall and all that. And Candyman's there and he's basically there to accept her and say, it's always always you, you're going to be like me kind of thing. But she, the baby's there, the baby that was missing from that previous scene. And, uh, you know, he kind of like promised her that if she went to him that the baby would be like allowed to let go. And she actually does have to sort of like fight back and run and... Uh, we get the again the kissing scene with the bees and all that stuff, but the end of the movie is she 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 goes with the baby or the baby like sort of moves and the baby uh, goes into this as like a, there's like a trash heap outside uh, where she goes to get the baby and she actually picks up a hook and this is kind of again the symbolism of her kind of becoming the new Candyman right is that she picks up the hook so now that's her weapon too and. She is now the new myth because she's the one who's been wrongly done by. But she she goes into the trash heap and like the kid from earlier who was giving her some information sees like the hook doesn't doesn't see who it is. She, he just sees the hook going into the heap into the pile of trash, and he's like it's Candyman. So he gets everyone and every you know the community like 
get gasoline and they pour gasoline on this trash heap <laughs> as as inside the trash heap helen's fighting off Candyman and try to get to this baby uh she stabs Candyman uh with a stake almost it's almost like a, i was almost expecting to dust like a vampire uh <laughs> the way she stabbed him and everything bursts out of flames but she fights her way out like shielding the baby and like she so she's she dies from the fire and her hair you know her hair's all singed like her head's all burned but she's able to like get crawl out with the baby and the, the, the creepy piano music starts playing and obviously the mother sees her child and you know picks her up and uh it's this big tragic dramatic sort of final beat and then of course at the funeral uh you know we see you know xander berkeley's there with the girlfriend and you know others are there to like you know put her to rest like everyone from the community from this from the projects that led by the kid who's holding the hook comes up puts the hook in the grave and it's kind of this thing where he had no idea like you know her, her husband had no idea that anyone else would show up at the funeral you know and that this entire group yeah. this community of people would care and uh come and sort of pay their respects uh so you know she has become a new myth uh and of herself uh, both for good and bad reasons good because she saved the child and yeah. you know I, I think that's kind of recognized but uh, really interesting ending. And of course, the final scene is where she has officially become the new myth, where Xander Berkeley can't handle you know what's happened. He's he's, he's having memories. Um, his girlfriend is getting really mad at him because she wants to have a nice dinner, and she keeps getting frustrated at him. Um, and I'll just say it: her nipples were really distracting me in this scene. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, she's wearing like a white top with no bra, and her nipples were just staring yeah. at me the entire time it was impossible not Strange. to notice uh i mean no i mean she's in the house i get it right why does she need to wear a bra but like it's just it's a movie i'm seeing nipples like the entire time uh but he's in the bathroom and he, he just kind of sighs and says helen a bunch of, and it's like you know what you know what's about to happen he's about to say yeah. it for the fifth time it's like helen <laughs> helen uh so she shows up and much like before uh the girlfriend comes into the bathroom she's holding a knife because she was cutting meat and she comes into the bathroom and Xander Berkeley's lying in the bathtub completely gutted uh, yeah. via hook. And she screams and the movie ends. So she, she's officially become the, the new myth, the new cat. Which, which is why the idea of sequels with Tony Todd are kind of silly because it passed yeah. on. <laughs> it was away from him now. He, he'd, it, at least it felt like yeah. that to me. It felt like he'd finished his tenure and oh, now sure. it was her that was going to be the new legend. Yeah. And and again, which it's another reason why it kind of reminds me of like Hellraiser because like you know in the sequel you expect um you know the uh, I forget what the woman's name is um but mm. like you expect her to be she's kind of like the new bad guy um and then it's really just like for that one movie then it, you know it's back to Pinhead but uh <clears throat> you know the idea of you know the kind of passing the myth on like you know to one other person uh, kind of reminded me of that too yeah. Uh, so I, I like the movie uh, you know obviously race is the first theme that comes to mind but I think yeah. uh, sex sexism uh, gender is also yeah. there quite heavily there's a lot of stuff with her being treated differently by her peers by her husband because of what she's doing and then there's also class uh, yeah. you know the themes of class are also in there as well so there's a lot going on it is a very social political like horror movie um, and I think that's kind of where its strengths lie I think if you like I said at the start if you take that out it doesn't work as a slasher movie. It doesn't work as a no. you know creepy things coming to get you movie. It's a movie. It's a parable. Yeah. It's a parable of a story, and I think that's how it works. Like I'm sure you would probably have to rework things, and then I'm sure there's a way you could make that kind of movie, and it would probably be fine. Maybe it'd even be good, but it's definitely not going to be the same as this. Like yeah, you know, I think 
you know, this is oh, definitely sure. the like, angle you want for the movie. Is there a potential good slasher movie with Tony Todd with a hook going around oh, killing people? Sure, yeah, that, sure. that totally could exist. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no reason why that can't be great. Uh, not at all. Also, can we? Yeah, can we go back? We never really. Talk, we mentioned Ted Ramey uh, at the start of the movie, but can we talk about how he's playing the bad boy with the leather jacket? Who the, 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 I love it. The, the teen girl wants to be with. Also, what age was he in 1992? Because I feel like he was way past being a teenager already at that point. Oh yeah, I mean he's one of those guys that like you know just always looks like he's in his late 30s. But I don't know. I still love it. Anytime he shows up, it's a hoot. Okay, he was 26, 27. All right. <laughs> Still, I mean, I suppose by Hollywood standards, that's okay to play a teenager. Yeah. But like, yeah, he he he's never looked young. He's a man who, even yeah. in this movie, like, okay, he looks younger than he does now, but like, he doesn't look young. <laughs> like, you know, uh, it really just struck me as odd. Uh, struck me as odd. Uh, but no, um, yeah. So yeah, this is like a movie about a, a, a white character who thinks she can understand what she's doing but she underestimates what 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 is going on so i know i i i i think the the movie plays really well uh from yeah. that context so yeah. it, it, it's cool and i think maybe um i i like that it got like a little bit of a uh reevaluation you know because i think it's like a movie people always know about and stuff but i just think like the last couple of years with um you know, it may be more of an eye on these, uh, you know, social commentary kind of movies. I, I think, yeah, kind of brought this back to the forefront, made people go like, oh, yeah, hey, that's right. That was something like Joe, I think know, it, we've Joe, seen before. Joe, I think it is. I think it may be just a little bit before it's time. Sure. Yeah. Uh, because I think obviously it's not the only social political horror movie. Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the oh, Dead, yeah, of Day of the Dead, all, yeah. all three of those movies are. But I think one of the key things that I said a couple times here is that if you take the social political like elements away from this movie, or if you don't get those elements, the movie I don't think works without those. Whereas Night of the Living Dead, if you don't think about it, if you, if you don't think about how the, the what the zombies zombies represent and what it's saying about. Uh, the the herd in Vietnam and how people were treated and like the pressures of of to conform. If, like you can ignore all that stuff in Night of the Living Dead and still have a really like exciting zombie movie about trying to survive the night. You know, there's still like just a there's there's a surface level sort of like thrill ride to be had. Whereas with this movie, I feel like if you take away all of the subtext, then the thrill ride on its own. Like there's a couple of thrilling moments, but like. Yeah. It works more because of what it's saying rather than uh, on its own on the surface level. Uh, at least to me, like, I, 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 mean, I don't know if that's a complaint or not. I, I guess it is slightly, but not like to a great extent. Well, sure. You know? Sure. No. No. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, like I, I wouldn't necessarily consider it uh, like a complaint because you know we're talking about like you know stuff that the movie isn't. Um, but. You know, I, hmm. I, I think that, like, makes sense. And, you know, if anything, it's just me going to say, like, hey, we're glad that this is here. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It's part of it. Yeah, I, I, I say it's ahead of its time because I feel like, yeah, we're, we're now, because we're in a, a world with Get Out and we're in a world with uh, movies that are maybe doing this more often now that, that people look back at this now and say, hey, this was kind of tackling a lot of those things and it, it had something to say and maybe... Maybe it did get overlooked. Maybe at the time people were expecting just some slasher movie with a, a guy with a hook, and yeah. they weren't ready for for this. Uh, obviously, some people were. Obviously, some people have cherished this, but yeah, uh, 
I think it's become a bit less niche to kind of appreciate this movie for what it actually is uh, now, as opposed to, you know, back in the early 90s. But, I mean, yeah. having said that, I was three years old when this came out, so I don't know what people were saying <laughs> at the time. But, but that was my impression just from, like, you know, the growing up discovering horror movies and, you know, what people were saying about what movies. You know, I, I remember a lot of... I mean, I remember Candyman being a thing I'd heard of, but it wasn't something right. that I, I saw a lot of people talking about in the same way as your other big, you know, movies. Oh, no, totally. Like, I, I think at most, uh, maybe every now and again, I would hear someone say, like, oh, yeah, Candyman, I like that movie, but... Yeah, like, I, I don't think it, it was one that I heard many people being like, oh, stop what you're doing, we gotta watch it now, or anything. It's like, mm. you know, just, uh, it was, it, like, you know, most people were just like, oh, yeah, no, that's good. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that is uh, that is Candyman. Uh, no doubt there's some, uh, you know, stuff that we didn't talk about in the movie. There's, pro- there's sure. probably <laughs> some nuances that we, we've, we've glossed over or whatever. Uh, so feel free to point out some of them in the comments. But, Tim, it is time to rate Candyman. Yeah. So, what are you going to give the movie? I, uh, man, I, I, I just, I really, really like it. And, uh, I mean, like I said, you know, I, I feel like I've seen it a lot over the last couple of years. Um, but, um, it, it is like anytime I, I've had to, you know, go ahead and rewatch again, it's never been something I've dreaded. It's actually something I've been exciting for, uh, because it is, uh, something that I do think holds up, um, you know, especially on like multiple viewings. Uh, and, you know, it, there's just so much at play here that just works really well together. Um, I can't really think of too many, you know, weak parts of it. Like, I think it's, you know, it doesn't feel dated. Uh, like the, you know, directing, the acting, the, um, you know, music and everything. Like, it's still, like, <laughs> is all good. Like, it's all on point, you know. Um, like, there's, I really don't think there's that much that, you know, hasn't, uh, you know, like hasn't really aged well and since like there's like you know crappy like cgi effects or anything that's like oh that's a little bad but um i think it's still really really good so i'm actually gonna give it a pretty high score i'm gonna give it a nine i think uh it's uh you know fantastic hmm. um yes uh i'm thinking i'm thinking uh i i think i will i'm gonna give it an eight uh, I, I I think it's really good. It's really solid. It's one that, like I say, I saw for the first time when I was really young. I probably didn't appreciate it for what it was actually doing. Uh, I, I think I love what the movie's doing. I love, I love the direction. I love what the movie's doing with its themes. Uh, as, a, as a horror movie, it, it's horrific in ways that are more subtle than other ways you know it's kind of like a let the right one in where the actual real sure. horror of the movie is something you realize slowly over you know the course of the film and what it's actually talking about and what it's doing um uh, but i'll give it the eight because I, I don't necessarily like i'm not in a rush to see it again right now if that makes sense sure. uh, maybe it's one that'll grow me over time as i see it again more uh, through adult eyes and i i think about it more and 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 stuff like that but I'll give it this. It's very unique as a horror movie. It's, it's got a very unique uh, feel to it. Uh, oh, the, the structure's unique. It's, like, you can compare it to Hellraiser a couple times. Hellraiser's another movie that's really unique uh, amongst horror yeah. movies where it's, it's kind of doing its own thing. It doesn't feel like it's following a formula or a, a set presence. Um, whereas this, it's, likewise, I, I don't feel like it's following a set thing. And that's that's almost uh, like a, a, a jarring experience on the first watch where you're like, oh, this has oh, kind yeah. of got a weird flow to it compared to other <laughs> movies 
But I, I think the starkness of that shift in the, the, the halfway point is intentional because it is meant to be this shock to her. It's meant to be this shock to the system that all of a sudden she's seen this way and doesn't feel like she's earned this this opinion of herself or this mm-hmm. uh, this reputation. So, you know, uh, yeah. Candyman. That is the first one. I'm not looking forward to the sequels, I have to admit. <laughs> uh, I have not really ever heard anything good about them. So we will see how they shape out and then we'll see how the new one is later in the year. Whether that ends up being June as planned or if it's later because of everything going on in the world, we'll find out. But uh, that is Candyman. So uh, let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. You can like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz or more importantly, get us at Screams Midnight for your horror movie needs and random discussion for both me and tim uh you can of course uh go over to apple podcast give us five stars and a review it helps us out a lot if you do that more people will find us and we mentioned earlier of course patreon.com slash tv if you want to support us financially uh, but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies guys and we will see you next time <laughs>